Tort from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Widening war. Good afternoon. Renewed fears of the growing hostilities today between Israel and Hamas in the Holy Land. Experts say the saber rattling by Iran is getting dangerous. Iran is capable of escalating the conflict, put pressure on both the Israelis and the United States. Over the weekend, Iran-backed Yemeni rebels attacked a trio of commercial vessels with ballistic missiles. An American warship was also targeted. It shot down three drones in self-defense. Here's reporter Keir Simmons. Fingers pointed at Iran again after a U.S. warship reported hour after hour of missiles and drones in the strategically and commercially critical Red Sea. Former National Security Council spokesman John Elliott says the Biden administration needs to send a stronger message of deterrence to Iran. What the Houthis or what other Iranian proxies, even Hezbollah, what they need to understand is as soon as they fire anything against U.S. targets, they will be killed. The U.S. launched a drone strike overnight in northern Iraq, killing five Iranian proxy fighters. There have been no fewer than 75 attacks on U.S. military bases since the start of the Mideast War. Israel's taking aim at southern Gaza now as the war with Hamas enters a third month. Here's reporter Richard Engel. Israel has dropped leaflets with maps dividing the Gaza Strip into a grid and has been telling Palestinians to move from one quadrant to another for their safety. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says it's imperative that the Israelis keep civilian casualties to a minimum. In this kind of a fight, the center of gravity is the civilian population. And if you drive them into the arms of the enemy, you replace a tactical victory with a strategic defeat. White House spokesman John Kirby says there are no plans to resume truce talks with the hopes of winning more hostages their freedom. And I think it's important to remember how this fell apart. It fell apart because Hamas refused to come up with additional lists of women and children, which we know they are holding, and put them on the list uh, so that Israel could evaluate that and we could get them exchanged. Correspondent Chris Livesay continues our coverage from Jerusalem. It's been eight weeks since Hamas took some 240 hostages. Now, for the first time, many of those freed describe their torment in detail. Desperate for food and air in Hamas's tunnels. We just slept and cried. Every day that passed was an eternity, recalls Daniel Aloni. Our girls have seen things that kids should not see. A horror film. Some of the children in captivity were branded like cattle by Hamas, so they could be easily recognized if they tried to escape. And it's Islamic terrorist armed with a knife and hammer killed a German tourist and injured two others over the weekend near the Eiffel Tower in Paris. The 26-year-old French national pledged allegiance to the Islamic State before he went on that killing spree. The Iowa caucuses are six weeks away and polls show Donald Trump in the driver's seat for the GOP presidential nomination. Donald Trump is dominantly leading in Iowa. And Nikki Haley is surging also. She is now effectively tied with Ron DeSantis in the state of Iowa. So here we are a month, six weeks away. We're getting closer and closer. And there still has not been that Republican consolidation behind a candidate not named Donald Trump. Correspondent Haley Jackson, the fourth GOP presidential debate is this Wednesday. And like the previous three, Trump will not be taking part. House Speaker Mike Johnson says a vote to launch a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden could happen soon on K-12. 
Capitol Hill. A formal impeachment inquiry vote on the floor will allow us to take it to the next necessary step, and I think it's something we have to do at this juncture. The president's son, Hunter's offered to testify under oath, but not behind closed doors. He wants that testimony to be public. Congress could vote tomorrow on the Choice in Automobile Retail Sales, or CARS Act. It's a pushback against electric vehicle mandates by the Biden administration. The bill's sponsors argue the effort to electrify the automotive industry will cripple the U.S. economy and make our supply chain forever reliant on China. A multi-billion dollar bankruptcy settlement with the maker of OxyContin is being challenged today at the U.S. Supreme Court. This case is about whether the wealthy family that owns Purdue Pharma can evade lawsuits over that drug, which is linked to thousands of deaths. What they've done is really wrong. It's totally wrong. Ellen Isaac says her son Ryan was a happy teenager until he fell and hurt his back. The doctor immediately said, oh, we've got this new medication. It's not addictive. The medication was OxyContin, and it sent Ryan into a lifelong pattern of addiction until a fatal overdose when he was 33. Do you blame the Sacklers for Ryan's death? I do. She wants the Supreme Court to let her file a civil lawsuit. And along with the Justice Department, she is urging the court to reject a 2021 bankruptcy plan that required Purdue Pharma to pay up to $6 billion to help combat the opioid crisis, including $750 million to victims and their families, in exchange for shielding Purdue's owner, the Sackler family, from thousands of lawsuits, even though they are not bankrupt themselves. That report from Jan Crawford in Washington. On the health front today, when you sleep matters just as much as how much you sleep. Sleep expert Dr. Eric Prager says when it comes to the recommended hours of sleep a night, there is no one size fits all. People can only make so much sleep. And so if you're feeling sleepy during the day, you don't feel rested, maybe you need more. But for some people, they don't need you know, even that full seven, though most of us do. He suggests going to bed at the same time each night to help you get that recommended seven hours of snooze time. And if you simply can't sleep... What you want to do is kind of find things that are relaxing to your mind or distracting. Maybe do some deep breathing, listen to a podcast, maybe read a book. If it's prolonged for a long time, you're really having a hard time. You really want to move out of the bed because the bed is such an important trigger for sleep. And so we don't want to do things inside the bed that isn't sleep. A regular sleep routine can reduce your risk of premature death by up to 20%. Former Pittsburgh Pirates manager Jim Leland will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame this summer. The 78-year-old is 18th on the all-time wins list for managers. He managed the Pirates for a dozen years, also won a World Series with the Marlins. Leland coached for the Rockies and the Tigers as well. We'll have more in sports on the way. Also ahead on the Noon Report, a former congressman is calling out acts of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Mickey D found guilty of violating child labor laws in Pennsylvania and house fire prevention tips as you deck the halls this holiday season. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. After that Sunday soaking in those rumbles of thunder, things are settling down and chilling down now. And a touch of lake snows in the forecast, just a bit. Forecast details are coming up. We'll see you in 10 minutes. All right, we'll see you then. Thank you, Kevin. News where you live next. It is the season for giving, and that's exactly what a Buffalo, New York group is doing. It's collecting gifts for the Marines' Toys for Tots program this year. There's a lot of parents that are right there on that one paycheck, you know, trying to make it through another day. And so here we are to try to 
brings him cheer, at least during this time of the year. That is Richard Clark, a Marine veteran and volunteer for the Hogs and Heroes Foundation for the second year in a row. It's helping make the holidays a little brighter for children in western New York. Spokesperson Chris Paulson. You're giving to the children whose family members could be overseas or anything, and therefore that little extra help in getting to them just means so much more. There's such a need out there, and uh, that's our mission is to give back, and our members are 100% in on it. We're all volunteer. And that's what we do, and uh, the public has been very supportive. That is John Mayer, a local Hogs and Heroes chapter president. That group will set up shop outside the Dick's Sporting Goods store at the Walden Galleria this Saturday. From 10 a.m. until 6 p.m., they gift wrap presents for free and collect toys for the needy. Former New York congressman and 2022 gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin says more must be done to protect Jewish students on college. Campuses. There are right now Jewish students who are unable to get from their dorm to their classroom without feeling threatened, confronted by people who are dressed like Hamas terrorists, using rhetoric like Hamas terrorists, and in certain cases, actually physically bullying, intimidating. And when that college student ends up going to that faculty member to ask for help, the faculty member is telling them that they need to go see a therapist. Acts of anti Semitism on college campuses have increased 300% in this country since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. December is one of the worst months of the year for house fires, and holiday decorating is a big reason why. Tim Marshall is Director of Emergency Services in Steuben County, New York. There are things to think about this time of the year, the use of candles. Be careful of the kids and the pets around those candles. And when it comes to exterior or interior illumination. You want to make sure you're checking your lights and making sure you don't have any shorts or frayed wires or broken bulbs in your light package. You don't want to overload those electrical outlets. Marshall says fire prevention starts with a good alarm system. Make sure your smoke detectors have working batteries. Don't take those batteries out and put them in the kids' play toys. Every year, about 200 house fires are caused by Christmas trees. Once again, here's Tim Marshall. Make sure the tree is green, the needles are hard and hard to pull off from the branches. That's a sign of a fresh tree. He says it's important to keep your tree well watered and away from any heat source. Also important, unplug that tree at night or any time you're away from your home. A group of McDonald's restaurants in Pennsylvania has been fined for violating child labor laws. The state labor department says Endor Incorporated, based out of Cranberry Township, employed 34 children and had them work longer than legally permitted. Kids as young as 14 and 15 were working outside of permissible hours, including more than eight hours during non-school days. The violations happened at McDonald's restaurants in Brookville, St. Mary's, Punxsutawney, and Clarion. A Western New York charity is on a mission to help those in need this Christmas season. We just love people and we recognize that there's a need and we want to fill it. Safe in his arms is a not-for-profit based out of Rochester that provides clothing free of charge to those in need. We've had children with no socks and no jackets and 
Now being a part of Safe in His Arms, I can say, hey, I know where I can get you a coat. The volunteers at Safe in His Arms say your generous donation goes a long way during the cold winter months. Giving a person a blanket or being able to provide hats and gloves or something like that, anything like that, is it's always going to be a blessing to people. Safe in His Arms says demand for assistance is greater than ever due to the rise in homelessness and poverty. We've all had some sort of need at one point in time in our life even if it's just you know a conversation someone needs a shirt on their back a coat a hat a pair of socks whatever it is it's so important to be there for others in this world that we live in to love on each other and to know that people care about you is very big. And you can learn more about this ministry that's making a difference in Rochester, New York at safeinhisarmsministries.org. Let's switch gears, talk sports on The Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the two teams many expect to be in the Super Bowl this season both lost their games yesterday. In Philadelphia, the 10-1 Eagles are now 10-2 after the 49ers marched into town and dominated Philly. Brock Purdy threw for 314 yards and four touchdown passes. San Francisco now 9-3 on the season, 42-19 the final. The Green Bay Packers won their third straight game, surprising the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs 27-19. Jordan Love, three touchdown passes, 267 yards through the air as the Packers never trailed in this one. Patrick Mahomes threw for 210 yards and a touchdown plus a costly interception with just over five minutes to play. Arizona knocked off the Steelers in Pittsburgh 24-10 and the Jets lost at home as well, falling to Atlanta 13-8. Elsewhere, the Colts edged the Titans in overtime 31 128. The Chargers shut out the Patriots 6-zip. Detroit beat the Saints 33-28. The Dolphins blew out Washington 45-15. The Broncos fell to Houston 22-17. The Bucks down the Panthers 21-18. And L.A. was a 36-19 winner over Cleveland. On the ice, Nashville scored twice in the first and Buffalo never caught up. 2-1 the final. Sabres have now dropped three straight. 11 goals were scored at the Garden last night and New York had six of them as they edged the Sharks 6-5. Artemi Panarin, the hat trick. Mika Zabanajad, Will Cooley, and Keandre Miller also lit the lamp for the Blue Shirts. The Wild Bruins Kings also picking up wins. And congratulations going out to former Pittsburgh Pirate manager Jim Leyland. He was voted into baseball's Hall of Fame. That is a look at sports. All right, Randy, well deserving of that honor and still to come on the Noon Report, demands for justice in nation's opioid crisis. Is Bidenomics going out of style? And tis the season for the sneezing. We'll preview the upcoming cold and flu season right after this. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. A few years ago, my colleague, Dr. Glenn Sunshine, wrote an introduction to one of the greatest works of Christian antiquity, Athanasius on the Incarnation of the Word. Athanasius is best known for defending the divinity of Christ against the heresy of Arius, who taught that Jesus was not equal with God the Father, but was a lesser created being. 
Arianism had gained significant ground in the church, but Athanasius fought to preserve the biblical view that Jesus is in very nature God. In his introduction, Dr. Glenn Sunshine describes Athanasius' teaching this way, quote, The image of God made it possible for us to know the Word of God. With sin, the image was defaced, and we lost the knowledge of God. But since the Word is the perfect image of God, Colossians 1.15, He was able to renew that image in us, and by His life, His works, and teaching to renew and restore true knowledge of God, end quote. Well, that the Word of God came, not just to live, but to die for our sins, is another important theme of On the Incarnation. Here's Athanasius, quote, How could he have called us if he had not been crucified? For it's only on the cross that a man dies with arms outstretched. Here again, we see the fitness of his death and of those outstretched arms. It was that he might draw his ancient people with the one and the Gentiles with the other and join both together in himself. Because he became fully human, the incarnate word of God is able to draw fallen human beings to himself and then to forge them into a new humanity. Again, here's Athanasius, quote, He manifested himself by means of a body in order that we might perceive the mind of the unseen father. He endured shame from men so that we might inherit immortality. On the incarnation can also speak to the heresies of our time. For example, Arianism lives on, forms of Mormonism, teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses, and any teaching, in fact, that denies the Trinity. It's also kind of reincarnated among those who label Jesus as merely a good teacher who came as an example for us to follow, but not really as the savior of the world. C.S. Lewis famously encouraged his readers to balance any reading of new books with old ones. Lewis wrote this in his own introduction to Athanasius' work. Here's Lewis, quote, Naturally, since I myself am a writer, I do not wish the ordinary reader to read no modern books. But if he must read only the new or only the old, I would advise him to read the old. And I would give him this advice precisely because he's an amateur and therefore much less protected than the expert against the dangers of an exclusive contemporary diet. A new book's still on trial and the amateur is not in a position to judge it. It has to be tested against the great body of Christian thought down the ages and all its hidden implications, often unsuspected by the author himself, have to be brought to light, end quote. So Lewis said, the only palliative is to keep the clean sea breeze of the centuries blowing through our minds. And this can be done only by reading old books. On the Incarnation of the Word is one of those books. And it's an especially helpful read during Advent and Christmas time. We celebrate again the coming of the incarnate Word of God who took on flesh and dwelt among us. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. All right, let's take it outside next, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast. The call for this afternoon, cloudy. Any widely scattered rain showers transitioning to snow showers. Temperatures slowly falling from current values. Then there'll be a touch of lake snow and flurries tonight and tomorrow. Could be according to an inch or two in localized areas southeast of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Low tonight, near 30. High temperatures tomorrow, 30s to near 40. And some flurries in parts of the area tomorrow night into Wednesday. High temperatures Wednesday in the 30s. All right, Kevin, thank you. This is the Newton Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Lots going on Monday, the 4th of December. Demands for justice in the nation's opioid crisis. That is our top story this afternoon. The U.S. Supreme Court hearing oral arguments today to the controversial Purdue Pharma settlement. The chant, Sacklers Lie, People Die, was heard outside the court during today's proceeding. The Sackler family is challenging a multi-billion dollar settlement. The question is, 
whether that family can evade lawsuits related to thousands of opioid overdose deaths. The war between Israel and Hamas has intensified in southern Gaza. Correspondent Trey Yanks. Israeli forces are ramping up their airstrikes. They targeted 200 different sites overnight, bringing the total number of strikes against Gaza since this war began 59 days ago to more than 10,000. IDF spokesman Peter Lerner. There is no fairy godmother that will make Hamas disappear. Meantime, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says it's unclear whether talks will resume aimed at winning the release of more hostages. We would like that to happen today, but honestly, I, I just don't know. Kirby blames Hamas for the truce breaking down. Reporter Keir Simmons. John Kirby said what Hamas wants is genocide. They want to wipe Israel off the map. Elsewhere in the Middle East, five Iranian-backed proxy rebels were killed last night in a U.S. drone strike in northern Iraq. And over the weekend, Iran's proxies in Yemen, the Houthis, attacked three commercial vessels and a U.S. warship in the Red Sea. The White House seems less enthused these days with a popular catchphrase on the campaign trail. Folks, that's Bidenomics. 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 The president hasn't used that phrase publicly since the 1st of November. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell thinks he knows why. American people haven't been buying what the president the administration describes Bidenomics as growing the economy from the middle out and the bottom up. Minnesota Democratic Congressman Dean Phillips. Bidenomics uh, is a disaster. People can't afford their lives. The average American household is spending $11,000 more per year to have the same standard of living that they did the day the president took office. President Biden is hobnobbing with liberal elites this week as he gears up for a re-election bid. On Friday, Hollywood A-listers are throwing a party for the president. Conservative commentator David Webb. Joe Biden can't sell his policies to the regular folks. So he goes to Hollywood, to the people who, who can afford the losses. They don't have to worry about the electricity bill or some other medication next month. And they don't care about those people out there in America or they wouldn't support those policies. Steven Spielberg is hosting the Friday gala for the president. It'll cost nearly a million dollars per person to attend. Human remains have been found from the crash of a U.S. military aircraft off the coast of Japan. Divers found the bodies of five of the eight crew aboard the Osprey aircraft, which crashed during training last week. The crew were found in a portion of the Osprey's fuselage, including the cockpit. Reporter Lucy Kraft, a manhunt underway near Dallas for a man walked into a neighbor's home and started shooting. Four were killed, including a one-year-old. Police tell us they're still trying to piece together the motive for this terrible shooting. We talked to some neighbors. They say they're shocked and shaken up by this incident. They say they've heard of shootings in the area, but never something of this magnitude. Reporter Olivia Leach. Two airlines that serve some of the most remote parts of the country are planning to merge. Alaska Airlines is buying up Hawaiian Airlines for nearly $2 billion. This combination will allow us to better serve the people of Hawaii, expand Alaska's reach across the Pacific, and create an even stronger airline. Alaska Airlines CEO Ben Medicucci, a leading public health expert, says the U.S. should experience a more typical flu season this year. Former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb. 
flu has started later than it did last year. It's predominantly flu A. The vaccine does appear to cover it well. And the vaccination rates have been quite good this year. About 38% of adults and children have been vaccinated for flu. Flu's most active between December and February. The co-chair of the National Governors Association is calling for more speech on college campuses. We want more students on campus to engage in this type of dialogue. We want more politics on campus. Utah Republican Governor Spencer Cox thinks it's important that colleges and universities remain neutral on current events. The institutions themselves need to be neutral so that we can have these disagreements. We want actually more disagreement on campus. There's a better way to do that. We can disagree without tearing each other apart. He thinks too many college campuses are discouraging dissent. Free speech means that you have to allow for other people to disagree, even if those are very unpopular opinions. Cox and Colorado Governor Jared Polis, a Democrat, have launched the Disagree Better initiative to promote free speech on the college campus. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Issues in Education. Mondays during the Noon Report, we spotlight the issues impacting our schools with the good doctor, Ralph Kerr, founder and president of the Teaching and Learning Institute in Houghton, New York. Well, Ralph, so much of our focus on this program is that K-12 through crowd, but we're going to start with the older kids today, those college-bound students. We've got some information to pass along. Uh, New York State lawmakers want to expand TAP, the uh, eligibility guidelines for TAP, the tuition assistance program. They're arguing that it's not keeping pace with the rate of inflation, Ralph. Can you explain a little bit what's going on in Albany and do you support these proposed changes? Well, certainly TAP is an important program. People with taxable net income up to $80,000 can get from the government anywhere from $500 to $5,600 each semester to help with the cost of college education. The problem with increasing that is that that money comes from the taxpayers. So while I'm supportive of the existing TAP program, I think there are lots of other ways for young people to get money. And because this is just another increase to the taxpayers, I think the existing guidelines are fine as they are. Gotcha. That leads me to this question. SUNY Chancellor John King pointed out that $200 million in aid was left on the table last year because these FAFSA forms, free application for federal school aid, were not completed by college-bound students. What can be done, Ralph, to encourage more families to do these FAFSA forms so they don't miss out on these savings? Well, I can't imagine that uh, every college doesn't encourage young people to fill out the FAFSA. So I'm wondering if maybe our esteemed SUNY Chancellor put too much money on the table to begin with, and that's one of the reasons it hasn't been used. I think government has a way of doing that sometimes, setting aside more money than is really necessary, and then end up looking for ways to spend it. Mm. So I think, again, I can't imagine that any college or university doesn't urge their applicants to have their parents fill out the FAFSA 
to form. And I think there may be a lot more to it than uh, just left the money on the table. Gotcha. Well, there was a big article in Pennsylvania. 15 community colleges that represent some 230,000 students have tapped into their emergency reserves as the budget battle continues in Harrisburg. What's holding up the funds there, Ralph? And what will happen if these austerity measures continue much longer? Well, this is an atrocity. I want our listeners to just think about what would happen if their employer just told them, you know what, we're having a little bit of a struggle financially, so for the next six months, you're not going to get your pay. You'll get it eventually, but not right now. (laughs) This is what's happening in Pennsylvania, and the budget actually approved these monies to go to the community college, but apparently there has to be a standalone bill that actually formally releases the funds, Mm. and that has not been passed. The legislators in Pennsylvania are on recess right now, so they don't seem to have any urgency about this. But schools are going out, borrowing the money, taking loans, and obviously those have to be paid back. So it's just going to end up costing the taxpayer, again, more money, Hmm. and the legislators in Pennsylvania need to do their job. Yeah, and of course, this goes back to all the way back to last summer. Um, Republicans were upset that the governor cut out of the budget a school choice bill, and so this is their payback for that. We'll see where it goes next. And then finally, back to New York, Ralph. Governor Hochul announcing last week that New York will be investing over $5 million to support in-school mental health clinics. They're going to be throughout the state. Over 130 districts are going to be getting these in-school mental health clinics to help kids cope with the after effects of COVID and other issues. What are your thoughts on these health clinics inside the school buildings? Well, you know, a friend of mine said that uh, his wife, who's a teacher, indicated that maybe they should do health clinics for the teachers in these schools. (laughs) Not a bad idea. uh, The the issues that the teachers are dealing with are just overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. There's concerns on my part because of there may be other topics that uh, would be thrown into the mix in terms of mental health, which I'm not supportive of. And uh, the other thing is, it continues to amaze me that one person can just decide, well, I think we'll spend $5 million here, and another person will send, well, we'll spend $10 million there. I thought that we had a legislative process that worked, and obviously it doesn't. So I, I would be very careful about uh, moving forward with this if it were up to me. Gotcha. And again, you can find where those in-school clinics are going to be at governor.ny.gov. That's governor.ny.gov. And if you want to find Dr. Ralph Kerr online... Uh, You can do that as well. Folks have questions about the Teaching and Learning Institute, what you are all about, Ralph. What is that website, sir? That is just simply whyrun.org, whyrun.org. good doctor makes sense. That's why we have him on every Monday. The program called Issues in Education airs during the noon report or you can catch it online too. Just go to familylife.org look for the news tab on the podcast page. A very good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Well, on the weather map, we're looking at the disturbance, the system that brought the rain and thunderstorms yesterday and last night pushing out to sea now, and colder air is filtering in. 
It's not super cold here, but it will be cold enough to be triggering a touch of lake snow over the next couple days and nights. Also watching a system out of Missouri that'll spread some flurries into some non-lake effect areas as well over the course of the next few days. The call for this afternoon, cloudy. Any widely scattered rain showers transitioning to snow showers. Temperatures slowly falling from current values. Then there'll be a touch of lake snow and flurries tonight and tomorrow. Could be a coating to an inch or two in localized areas southeast of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Low tonight, near 30. High temperatures tomorrow, 30s to near 40. And some flurries in parts of the area tomorrow night into Wednesday. High temperatures Wednesday in the 30s. All right, Kevin, thank you. There are movie buffs, and then there's this guy. A Florida man is taking his love of the movie Titanic to an entirely new level. Here's Family Life's Brian Query. He goes by JD, or Titanic Fan 97, as he's known on YouTube. This Largo, Florida man has amassed a collection of 2,467 copies of the 1997 film Titanic, all on VHS tape, and now he's aiming for one million copies. JD says he scours thrift stores, flea markets, and garage sales for VHS copies of the James Cameron film, and social media followers have mailed him tapes from all over the world. JD believes it's a movie that everyone loves and appreciates. He told WFTS-TV, Can't escape this movie. Everyone had it. Your grandma had it. Your mom, your dad, whoever. Someone in your family had this movie. If you have copies lying around, JD has set up a post office box you can send them to. P.O. Box 5355 Largo, Florida. JD is aiming to gather those one million copies to earn an unsinkable world record. Brian Query, Family Life News. All right, very interesting. Thank you, Brian. And that's all the time we have today, folks. That's our World Monday, December 4th. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you.